Hi everybody, Austin here. I've got a few notes to share about this upcoming long overdue episode of the podcast. Firstly, since it's been so long since you've heard from us, we decided to do an episode focusing on what's been going on at LR Research, give a few updates, talk about our new website, and give some personal updates on our own spiritual journeys. It turned out to be a pretty dry episode, so if that isn't really your thing, or if you're not interested in that, then you can safely skip this episode, and we'll be back to our normal type of programming soon. Secondly, in this episode, you will hear us referencing a video version and recording a video version of the podcast. We were originally going to release it alongside with this audio version, but... We've been having some trouble getting the video to work the way we wanted it to, so it might still come up later, but for now we're just releasing this audio version. And in addition to that, you'll hear us reference a tour of the new website that was supposed to play after the video version that will eventually be released as its own separate YouTube video. So if you're interested in a long, boring exploration of the new website and all of its features and all of that kind of stuff, then you can find it on YouTube soon. So, I hope you enjoy this episode if you decide to stick around for it. Thank you so much for listening. Sincere apologies about the long gap since the last episode. We will be back to our normal kind of schedule, irregular still, but more frequent, uh, pretty soon. So, without further ado, here is the 100th episode of Ella Research's Law of One podcast. Hello, everybody. This is Austin Bridges, and you are listening to the LL Research Law of One podcast, episode number 100. LL Research is a nonprofit dedicated to freely sharing spiritually oriented information and fostering community. Towards this end, we do have two websites, lrresearch.org and bringforth.org. Today, I am joined by two very special people. I've got Gary Bean and Jim McCarty with me. This podcast uh, generally allows us to explore questions related to the law of one and metaphysical matters. But on this special episode, since it's been so long, 
since you have heard from us, we're going to give you a little update about what's going on in the world of LL research and kind of give some personal reflections about our own spiritual, personal lives. But if you do have a question for us to explore on previous episodes <laughs> and future episodes, uh, go ahead and send us an email at contact at lrresearch.org or you can check out uh, our podcast page on our new website, uh, www.lrresearch.org slash podcast. Again, I'm Austin and you are listening to or maybe even watching the 100th episode of the Law of One podcast. Hello, Gary and Jim. Hey, Austin. Hey, Gary. Hey, dudes. So it's been a while. It's been a very long time. Yeah. Um, so we decided this is going to be kind of a special episode and special for a couple of reasons. One, we're not going to talk about a specific topic, but two, uh, we are recording a video podcast for the first time that we will be publishing to YouTube. So you might still be listening to us on your chosen device without video, but you can also check us out and look at our our strange faces on YouTube, if you so choose. So today, going through little updates about LL Research, we've got one big, big thing that we have announced recently, a project that has been eight years in the making. Um, uh, not necessarily eight years actively in the making, but you've been hearing about it for eight years now. And that would be the new llresearch.com. Org. You may have seen it by now. You may not have. Um, Gary, do you want to give us a little tidbit about the new LLResearch.org? You know I'm not capable of tidbits. No, that's Don't true. do that to me. Okay. Uh, I, a large tidbit. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, I, I would love to share. And first, I want to say, oh my God, it's been um, since April since so, yeah. we've done a podcast. So I want to say... Uh, I love you guys both very much, um, and it's great to be collaborating in this way. And to the new website, <clears throat> I'm going to tell you about its features. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it is built from scratch. Uh, first, let me let me say praise be to the one known as Daniel Shields. This, this entity is the Michelangelo of website design. He saw that we needed help getting a website built. He came to us a couple of years ago, uh, humbly offered his services, began in earnest and plugged away um, on a volunteer basis for over two years. And then a mix of volunteers slash compensation the past few months and produced what to our hearts is a wonder of the world. There are over 5,000 pages on the new lresearch.org. Uh, Daniel imported a library and of, of information from the original lresearch.org. So uh, our hearts fly out in gratitude to Daniel. He's been a pleasure to work with very humble, very gentle soul. And about this new website, <clears throat> it for the first time ever is mobile friendly. And uh, we discovered like two thirds of all 
users um, ac are accessing the website on mobile for the first time. So it scales perfectly. Uh, we built an entirely new hub for the raw contact or the law of one that um, imports it into a format where each Q&A is linkable now, much like a law of one.info. And we've amassed, we've created, we've built um, a ton of study resources to go along with the law of one. I would love to tell you about each one in detail, um, but we'll restrain myself right now. If you stay with this video though, at the end, uh, Austin and I plan on giving you a video tour of, of the new website. <clears throat> I'm gonna show you some of these bells and whistles and some of the things that we've uh, never published before. And it also, thanks to Daniel's just pure genius and innovation, the new website has a wiki now. And the wiki contains not only the unified index, but uh, a glossary that we created for the rock contact books and um, a glossary of people and places mentioned in the law of one, a list of, uh, of uh, I think I already said that one, rituals that were found in the law of one. <clears throat> But maybe we'll talk a little bit more about that later. The, the wiki is accessible throughout the site by the click of a button. Um, we created a directory of study groups around the world for the first time, um, along with a hub for community contributions to the Law of One. We created an about page that shares more about the organization's finances, our board of directors, uh, our, our mission. And we created a whole page dedicated to the history of LL Research that shares also um, a lot of objectively cool <laughs> things uh, um, from LL Research's history. And uh, we've integrated audio and video into the website. We have um, built a resource section for those interested in studying the art of channeling. We created a comprehensive FAQ with all sorts of questions uh, that attempt to preemptively reply to questions about the material, the organization, how we operate, our uh, operation, and so forth. And um, on and on it goes. Um, Daniel devised the, all of this material, not devised, sorry. He imported all of this material into um, GitHub in a way that is designed to future-proof it. So whatever the coming technology changes in the decades, the LL Research's library should be compatible with those, those future um, technologies. And overall, the site just uh, organizes and in a, all, a massive amount of information in a really simplified and user-friendly format. Um, it was a daunting project and we are head over heels with, with the website and still it's, um, I think we're two or three weeks now into it being live and we're still pinching ourselves that it exists. Uh, so uh, thanks to Daniel, thanks to everybody who beta tested the new website or contributed in some other way. And did I cover the bases sufficiently or over sufficiently, Austin? I think you got it. So yeah, anybody who has is familiar with 
our old website, you know that it was very 90s-esque um, and it was a bit of a labyrinth and it had a lot of charm into how simple it was, but it was very outdated and it needed updated. So uh, it's a huge step forward for us and it's not done either. Uh, this is just mm -hmm. the initial launch. We have lots of ideas, lots of plans for the future including a big one, like the next one that we're working on is something that we wanted to launch with, but we hit some last minute snags is a comprehensive search feature that will allow you to search through, select whether you want to search the law one raw contact, search through the conscious channeling transcripts or search through other material and just a much more comprehensive study tool for studying the website and finding relevant material that you're looking for. So we really wanted to launch with that, but that's a really complicated feature on a website like ours. So um, it's next up on the docket, afraid to give any kind of timeline for it, but it, it's actively being <laughs> worked on. Let me interject that our, our primary objective was to make LL Research's material more serviceable to the readership, to give it more surface area, to make it more searchable, to make it more accessible. Um, because it's a treasure trove for the, the few percentage of people who resonate with this on planet Earth. And um, there's so much more that can be done with it. So we think we're well on our way toward achieving that goal. And like Austin said, there's more to come. Yeah. So thank you so much, Daniel, and everybody else. We're very, very, very happy. All right, what else do we have going on in LL research land? Um, maybe talk about our ongoing channeling circles. Now, Jim, did you wanna share some reflections on our channeling circles that we're doing? Sure. Our current channeling circles has uh, Austin, Gary, and Tricia, Gary's wife, Kathy and myself, and we all started back in 2016. So we've been going at this for about five years now. So it's not a surprise that everybody is getting quite good at the channeling process. And we have usually have two sessions per month. We had to take a few months off at the beginning of the pandemic, but we were able to get back once that uh, we were uh, vaccinated and um, masks and all of that. So uh, we've been going at it and it's listed on our new website as intermediate channeling. Um, the folks have realized that they are better as I've been telling them for a period of time. So they're willing to go with intermediate. I think they're better than that, but uh, the future will tell because at some point we are hoping that we will be able to have uh, public meditations again. And when we do that, then we'll probably transfer a group to the public meditations and uh, let the channeling take place there. Uh, so uh, keep that on your, your uh, calendars and have some possible future to join us. Um, we have two different formats when we do our channeling circles. The first one is that uh, we take a question from a reader uh, and uh, each of us channels a portion of Quo's response to the question. The other format is that we uh, take, uh, each of us takes a separate question, also usually from readers. And uh, in either way, uh, our channeling has gotten so prolific now that uh, we usually channel for at least an hour and a half. So 
that tells me that the, the channels are getting clearer and there's more information that's able to come through. So we're thrilled with that and um, look forward to continuing that indefinitely into our future. Can I make a quick note about the intermediate part? Yeah. <laughs> Jim, thank you so much for that reflection. <clears throat> Jim has been um, our spiritual leader and space holder for the development of the channeling circle. And uh, Austin and I were in the beginning reluctant, and for a while really, reluctant even to post the training transcripts. Hey, Coops, that's not very helpful, thank you. And dog is scratching his collar. <clears throat> uh, reluctant to post the transcripts to the website. And um, thanks to encouragement from Jim and friends and some uh, some review of the transcripts, it seemed that we the, the circle as a whole was indeed getting better. So we started publishing the transcripts not no longer in the practice circle session, but in the main transcript library alongside the greats, Carla and Jim. And uh, that began just this past February. Yeah, we still probably don't feel we're never going to feel as highly about this channeling as Carla's, you know, golden age channeling. Um, Carla was, you know, the one of the best channels on the planet. And, um, you know, reading her channeling and comparing it to ours, it can sometimes feel like we're standing at the bottom of a mountain looking up at the mountaintop. But um, it's a it's a great honor to be able to learn this from Jim and to have him guide us through this process. And we've been doing it for, I guess it's been six years now. Six years that we've been channeling. Five years. Five years. That was okay. That's longer than I thought. <laughs> Still feel like a beginner. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're taking it slow. We take it seriously, um, and uh, it's just a great. Uh, honor to be able to provide this service and to learn and it feels good and uh, I really like the information that we're bringing through so thank you Jim thank you too <laughs> um, and in more LR research news uh, one recent development maybe should have been mentioned with the new website we also launched our own Instagram um, you may be familiar with an Instagram called the Law of One that we've linked to for quite a while. It's not necessarily an official Instagram. Uh, a man named Lanny runs it, and he's very consistent and finds amazing quotes and pairs them with amazing imagery. But it was never really fully official. And uh, he's sort of done his own thing, and we didn't want to, you know, try to take it from him or direct him. So we decided it would be good to launch our own official Instagram. It will probably never have the number of followers that he has. He has more followers on his Instagram than we have in all of our social media combined. Um, he's somehow caught the lightning in a bottle with his Instagram, but we now have our own. Uh, it's just Instagram, LL research, LL underscore research. You can find links on our website and everything on the social media icons on the bottom and stuff. So. Uh, we're excited. Trisha Bean is uh, running that and creating all the images and finding all the quotes. And she does all of our other social media as well and is doing an amazing job. 
Mm-hmm. And any thoughts on the Instagram, Gary? Mm-mm. Okay. All right. And what about the tilting at windmill videos? I think like that's something that we can talk about as on the horizon. Want to give a quick shout out to the one known as Trisha Bean, though. Uh, I asked her if she would come lend her energy to this podcast, even for a minute. And she said, nope. <laughs> <laughs> she She'd rather opt out, but she's part of the home team and critical to the operation <clears throat> nowadays. And we're all a, a very seamless group. So Austin, you said tilting at windmills. Yeah, so you may be aware of a giant book named that, which is a biography of the organization and some personal bio of Don Elkins, Jim McCarty, and Carla Record, And uh, that was created because because, well, one, Carla and Jim were willing to talk with me, but two, um, I put together something over 400 questions and over the course of seven consecutive days in June or July of 2014, about eight months or so before Carla completed her incarnation, <clears throat> we, I, I interviewed Carla and Jim and it was the transcripts of those interviews that became a book, Tilting at Windmills. And the, the transcripts are very, very true to the uh, actual footage and uh, with just some edits for readability at times. Um, but what did I wanna say about that? So we <laughs> recorded the whole thing via video also. We have a dear friend, his name is Ken Wendt. He's a really good videographer now. He was just starting out then and brought two different cameras and it's a, to record this interview process and the sound and the video are clearly amateur, um, but we wanna share it with the world. There's probably a lot of people who would be interest in the, interested in the biography, but don't like lots of words on a page. <laughs> so uh, Ken has been working diligently to master the audio and video, get it over to us. Um, we've just got the first couple of days back. So short of it is hopefully in the next several months, we will be publishing the videos of that, the last interview of Carla's life. Uh, which is really comprehensive uh, to the website within the next, yeah, I think I already said that, several months. Yeah, just like a comment on the nature of Tilting at Windmills. If you're interested in the biography of LL Research or Jim Carla or Don, um, that's the best resource is reading that book, the transcript of those interviews. Um, we offer it not to place any emphasis on any of the personalities as amazing personalities as Jim and Carla have. Um, no emphasis on the personalities. You know, the material, the law of one and the channelings is always the primary offering that we have, but there is the transcripts are rich with spiritual insight. And also just to give some context to this organization, because I know a lot of people, they can find the material themselves, but to find some sort of context for where it comes from is very helpful to sort of place it and understand if it's trustworthy or not. And, you know, who generated this is sort of an important aspect of discernment for a lot of people. And so I think Tilting at Windmills, the book and the soon to be videos will probably be the best resource for anybody who wants to sort of 
and get more insight into where this information comes from. So <clears throat> another big thing that uh, is very active right now, very exciting. Actually, let me talk about the audiobooks first, because Gary, you mentioned if you don't like looking at a bunch of words on pages. <laughs> we currently have three audiobooks published uh, that we did amateur in-house in the two raw contact volumes and Living the Law of One 101. Um, but Jim has recorded narration for every single book in the library. <laughs> and that's kind of been sitting there, but producing audiobooks is such a time intensive process, um, especially for amateurs like us who don't necessarily have the professional time or resources or equipment. So we have started bringing on help to help get those audiobooks pushed through. And currently we have uh, uh, somebody working on a Wanderer's Handbook. Uh, audiobook and um, can't really give a solid timeline because we would probably eat those words later but it's being actively worked on and hopefully we'll have other audiobooks being worked on simultaneously in the future um, so we're working hard to get our audiobooks um, out and produced for you to listen to in case that is a more convenient method for you to absorb the material and Jim's an excellent narrator for audiobooks too so if you haven't checked those out yet. Um, you can check those out. Another big active aspect of LR research right now is our translations. We have a lot of active translators. Um, Gary, like what are the highlights of the translations that you, you see? Hmm. From a personal standpoint, just getting to work with translators, it is such a rich journey as uh, uh, translators have a, um, a a level of intimacy with the material that would likely escape the English reader who just overlooks words or takes words for granted, whereas a translator has to scrutinize so many words, either because the word is unfamiliar to them or you know, they need to create or find what word best represents the English word in their own language. So um, they are asking us questions and it causes us to reconsider or take a deep dive into what Ra meant when, when they said mind distortion here or so, or so forth. Um, so they, it becomes a rich spiritual undertaking for the translator and we get some of that benefit indirectly. But in terms of uh, translations on the website, oh, there's such a couple cool features we need to show you uh, on the website that Daniel built for translations. But presently, there are 19 on the website. The 19th most recent was not Indonesian. It was, dang, not Dutch. I forget what 19 was. But um, Austin, I forgot to you. Let me know. On the way are Farsi, which is uh, known outside of the country as Persian. Uh, comes out of Iran and Arabic's on the way and Hebrew's been a long-term process and a new one just got started I thought um, I'm fuzzy on that one Romanian but, now Romanian's been up for a while but we could talk about Johan too <laughs> we could talk about anything <laughs> we could talk about all sorts of things this is our video uh, our dear friend and partner, Johan Blumenthal, <clears throat> he pioneered a relationship with us whereby he became a license to uh, 
exclusively translate and publish and um, print and sell books of all LL researchers material in his language, which is German. So he launched a, a publishing house called Das Gesses des Einen Verlag, which means Law of One Publishing House. And um, within a year, he brought into his fold our other dear friend and LL's most prolific translator, Misha Deschreider, who has published now like, rather who has translated 13 of LL's books into French. She's finishing a concept guide right now. She's amazing. So into Johan's operation is, is German and French, and this relationship is going on over five years now, and it has been a joy. It has uh, been highly successful. He's printed a lot of our books in German and French, and he understands distribution markets and the way printing works in Europe. And the big news is, is that he has recently really relocated to Berlin in an effort to launch a Law of One Center there. Previously, he had kind of had like a monk-like existence where he was on his own, though networking with people around Europe. And as people are attracted to his operation, who, who want to volunteer, who want to participate in the Law of One. And now in Berlin, he's got a center where he's working more actively and closely with locals in Berlin, and he will have space to hold events and regular meditations. And he's, we're floating the idea right now of him launching a European printing center for, for um, European language translations of the Law of One. And to wrap this up, he has recently taken a first step in that direction by um, signing an agreement with Horaya, the Romanian translator of the raw contact, who's also no, it's Horia. Sorry, Horia. is it? Yeah. Oh. Or like Horia? <laughs> um, you know who you are, H. I'm sorry that I've mispronounced your name. Uh, <laughs> we'll say H. And Johan have uh, struck an agreement whereby Johan will now publish Romanian stuff, at least those, the raw contact and some transcripts. So and thank you, H. <laughs> and thank you, Johan. And we're really, really excited about uh, what the future holds there. Yeah. And everything that Johan translates, uh, Gary was talking about, you know, the printing and stuff. It's still similar model as LL Research. Uh, it's published for free. Everything that he translates, everything that any translator translates um, within our translation program. We, you know, the, if they're transcripts or books, no matter what, they're published to our website. Um, Johan has his own site that he publishes them to as well. So it's still in the spirit of offering all of this material for free and the included value of a physical book if you're interested in that. And it's easy to misconstrue what we're saying because we're talking about book sales and printing stuff and so forth. And uh, for the, just to be clear, we're not, um, we've never tried to um, create a program to increase book sales or increase readership. It's, um, it's another uh, uh, a service that we offer, uh, book sales. But first and foremost, like Austin said, the mission is to keep this material available for free, whether it's one reader or a million readers. Mm -hmm. in fourth yeah and when we talk about translations too the thing that they're translating can vary drastically some translators are focusing on the conscious channeling transcripts some are actively translating the law of one or possibly other books so um 
each language has its own section on the new website. So if you speak one of the languages that, that we have available, you can just see what we have available for you on the website by selecting your language. Um, it might not be the thing you're looking for, unfortunately. Not everything, not all languages have the law of one. Some of them only have some channeling transcripts and stuff like that. But we love our translators. Uh, it's one of the most amazing services uh, and most amazing gifts that uh, we can uh, share, I think, making this material available to entire segments of the world that previously it was not available to. So thank you, all translators. Mm -hmm. All righty. And then we just have our regular ongoing services. Any other big things that you can think of to talk about, Gary? Hmm. Uh, yes and no. <laughs> okay. We have uh, our regular ongoing services. You know, we do a seeker ministry primarily through email. You know, if uh, we get lots of emails from seekers all the time and they vary from people looking for guidance or wanting to ask questions or just sharing their stories or, um, wanting to clarify certain concepts in the material, stuff like that. And it's always a joy to be able to receive those and respond. And it's one of the, the highlights of the week, being able to sort through those. We get many every week and uh, spend a lot of time making sure we give every email its due attention. Um, so that's a big thing that we have ongoing. Um, what other ongoing things do we or mentionable mentionable <laughs> um we are uh, austin mentioned trish earlier <clears throat> well jim posts daily to his camelot journal um jim do you want to share about that or something else sure um it was about in December of 2015, after Carla had passed away, that I had reviewed all of her books that she'd either channeled or written, except for the information that we got in the raw contacts. So I thought, well, this is sort of a big project, but uh, let's see what we can do. So I started back then in um, taking questions, sometimes just one, sometimes two or three, if they were linked together by topic, and attempting to give uh, readers uh, not only an idea of what Don was asking in the question and what Ra was saying in response, but to elaborate in some degree upon, uh, especially what Ra's response was, to give more information on that. Don would frequently ask the same question in a different way in later sessions so that uh, there was a more of a rounding out or filling in of concepts. So what I'm trying to do in the Camelot Journal is to give as much information on concepts as possible. And when I first started the project, uh, I would uh, just uh, give my own thoughts. And as time went on, it became uh, obvious to me that if I could get those other types of questions and answers that uh, it would be a, a better way for the reader to understand what Rob was saying. So I started going back through all of the sessions and finding those that I began the work back in December of 2015, 
without the quotes, the supporting information, and began getting those quotes in. And that's what I'm doing now. Um, I'm on session 60. So it's uh, definitely a labor of love. Uh, I, I started off uh, in the mornings after my morning offering with uh, doing the Camelot Journal. And uh, I'm learning a lot too, because uh, as Carl and I would discover through years and years of reading the Law of One as part of our morning offering together, um, there are layers and layers of understanding that seem to be embedded within the material that will meet you where you are, as Carla would say. As you progress on your own spiritual journey, this information then takes on a greater scope in your perception of it and your application of it to your own journey. And uh, I have found that to be true. And so the Camelot Journal is a way for me also to uh, occasionally give a comment, uh, especially when the material that we're discussing has to do with one of us, uh, Don, Carla, or with me, uh, as to what uh, is being said and uh, what it might mean and, and so forth. And so I, I try to give uh, the personal aspect as well, because it's something that uh, I think people uh, would be interested in because uh, Don and Carla and I were just like everybody else. We had the same challenges that uh, all of us face on the spiritual path, uh, dealing with catalysts that's difficult or confusing. Uh, and so when things would come up in the, the raw session, dealing with something like that, especially with Carla's low vital energy, low uh, physical energy and psychic greetings and where those came from and how to deal with them, uh, I thought it might be a good idea to, to add the, the personal aspect as well. So um, I have a great time doing it, and I really hope that uh, people enjoy it. Yeah, and you also offer just personal reflections on your life, and then you share quotes from A Book of Days, too, which I heard you say is your favorite channeling that Carla ever did. That's true, and I'm glad you mentioned that, because people might be surprised to hear that. Um, I think the Book of Days, uh, I keep, uh, there, there's one channeling for every day of the year. We actually did 480, but we picked out the 366 ones we thought were the best. And for me, reading those channelings is all inspiring because every line is inspirational. Ra is very informational and occasionally quite inspirational, but the channelings from the Holy Spirit are all inspiration and they deal with the spiritual journey and the personal interpretation and, and the problems that people go through and how you can handle those. It's uh, like having a, I mean, a counselor uh, being the Holy Spirit. Carla had a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit for her whole life. She called the Holy Spirit Holly. And there are other writings and channelings that she has uh, for the Holy Spirit that have not been published yet or, or actually probably known by anybody else. But uh, I found them on her computer after she passed away and I began looking around at them. So this information is uh, to me quite inspirational and I am very glad to be able to share it with each uh, channeling from the uh, raw. And also I give a little bit of information about what I'm doing in the yard during the day. So you can see that, you know, uh, I have a, a lot of work in the gardens. Uh, there's uh, the land that we live on here uh, has a number of gardens around it. And I've always been a gardener. I especially like to grow flowers. And 
So I just let people know what's happening there and maybe uh, when I run errands, where I go and what I do. So you can see that, you know, I live a life just like you do. And uh, we all have things in common and people might like to know how my garden's growing and how many deer I'm feeding. I don't know that most humans are waking up and performing the banishing ritual every morning in their living room at <laughs> 5.30 a.m. <laughs> Well, they're all performing some sort of magic because in order to live in this illusion, you have to be able to transform those difficulties, those uh, perplexing situations that come your way into something that is understandable and usual, usable in your spiritual journey. So I think everybody that's a conscious seeker of truth is also a white magician. Mm. And to Jim's point, I can confirm that he is a human. <laughs> 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 so yeah the camelot journal um currently you can find it on bringforth.org um there's a bit of an issue going on with it it's a little broken right now uh related to an upgrade we did to bring forth that we haven't talked about yet um but the servers that the camelot journal are hosted on have been upgraded but the platform the blogging platform uh Long story short, it's old and broken and didn't like that upgrade. So um, efforts are being made to bring the Camelot Journal and our Blogworthy Report over to the new archive website and take them off of the Bring Forth servers. So eventually you'll be able to find those on lrresearch.org. But right now you can find those and read the current ones on bringforth.org. Um, along with our Camelot Journal, which if you're interested in, sorry, our Blogworthy Report, if you're interested in what we do on a day-to-day -day basis as LL Research and our, what kind of work we're performing, we publish semi-regular, usually bi-weekly reports of uh, all the ongoing things that we're doing. And we get a lot more detailed than this list that we've given you uh, on the podcast so far. We um, basically highlight uh, everything we put time towards over the previous period of time once we give the report. Um, it's a good way to get insight into, you know, how the resources for LR research are being used and what kind of projects are being worked on and uh, where to find new things that come up and might have been shared recently, stuff like that. But uh, related to what I was just saying, we also had a big upgrade to bring forth. Do you want to talk about that, Gary? Mm hmm. Also a long time in the making. <laughs> Thank you, our erstwhile uh, friend and webmaster, Steve, who uh, fi finally rolled up his sleeves and upgraded our forums to be mobile friendly like the library website bring forth in 2021 was not mobile friendly it sucked to use on one's phone and that's a big deterrent nowadays so um it got a big overhaul and uh there's some bugs and requests for improvements that we're working through right now with steve um, but we streamlined some other processes like the moderator processes. We built a forum along with our friends in the community stewardship circle. Thank you guys. Um, Aeon spaced flow frog 
Louisa Bell, Diana, and Patrick. I think that's all six of you. Built a forum called What is Love? Question mark. And the, the whole function of, and we put it at the top of the forums too. And the whole function of the forum is to invite contemplation about the central most concept on the spiritual journey. And we're really excited and happy about the upgrade. And it opens interestingly, providentially, puzzlingly, the upgrade happened seven days prior to the launch of the library website at llresearch.org. Uh, so it was as if we had a tough catalytic summer. And once that cleared, um, then all of a sudden, Bring Forth is out of the blue, ready for this upgrade. It took Steve two and a half weeks, poor guy, slugged through it. And the launch of the library website. And that these two events coincided in time just a week apart from one another is not uh, planned or foreseen. It just happened. And interestingly, because like Austin said, it's been years for both of these things to happen and they both land right together. So we have a, a sense that LL Research is crossing into a new threshold with um, new horizons opening up of service to the readership of a deepened discovery. And we, we have a lot of um, story around that and self-perception and it connects to our desires for service to others, but um, we'll save that for another time. Is there anything else to say about um, Bring Forth, Austin? Um, no, I don't think so. Ooh, one more point. The, the end goal of this transformation of Bring Forth is to distill it down to its essence, which is the forums. Uh, so eventually the whole, if you're familiar with bringforth.org, the whole homepage is gonna go away because most of that has already been transplanted over to the library website at llresearch.org. And the final remaining few pieces will hopefully be on llresearch.org um, in the next, I don't know, four to six months or something, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if you're confused about why we're talking about two different websites, if you're maybe not familiar with Bring Forth, the idea is just to have sort of two distinct websites, one that's for the information and for people connecting to the law of one and stuff like that. And one is built around a forum community that uh, is best served by having its own website, I think. So that's what Bring Forth is going to be eventually is just a forum community. Well, the viewer will have have to have held a hardcore interest in LI research to have sat through us uh, sharing updates. Yeah. <laughs> and speaking of this is running a bit long. So yeah. um, maybe just mention that looking to the future, there's lots of things that we have in the pipeline that we would love to do and things that we're excited about and looking forward to uh, bringing up and continuing and uh, um, looking forward to offering. Yeah, um, among them include events. Right. Um, this is the first year LL Research hasn't had an event in, in decades um, due to the pandemic. Last year, we held our first online event ever and we it worked like 25 people and um, 
there was, despite the limitations of video meeting, people were able to connect in the heart nonetheless and share themselves and, and tears and vulnerability and so forth. So that is a big need we could be meeting right now. We want to be meeting. And um, it's a matter of increasing resources and, or rather increasing bandwidth and capacity. And that is in the works right now. Um, or will be soon in the works. And I also wanted to give a shout out again to Trisha. Austin mentioned earlier that she runs our social media. So LL Research now has four social media outlets. That includes Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, and Patreon. And on the first three, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, Trish is finding inspirational quotes from the library to share on a daily basis, whether it comes from the consciously channel transcripts or um, the law of one material. And that's 99% of what it is through those outlets, uh, just sharing daily compass setting and points of inspiration and uh, fuel for the spiritual journey. And on Patreon, that's the one where we focus on the organization. It's um, an organization-centric uh, place for us to share news about what LL's up to and announcements and, and so forth. So thank you, Trisha Bean, for uh, managing all that, among other things that you do. Yes, thank you. Yeah, she does more than manage the social media. She's does a lot of administrative things and contributes in many, many ways, uh, including, you know, she's part of the channeling circle and she's been a longtime volunteer for LL Research in a lot of ways. So it's really great to have her on board. Um, so then we wanted to talk a little bit, I think, about just give some personal reflections about what we've been going through. <laughs> just uh, some spiritual reflections, I think. Um, I guess, uh, Jim, is there anything you'd like to share just about, you know, your spiritual life and any interesting things or catalysts or spiritual insights that you might have had in your recent life? Well, as you all know, the Carla wrote uh, a book that I recorded uh, as an audio book, uh, Living the Law of One, One on One to Choice, back in 2005 or six, I believe. And uh, just about uh, two years ago now, I uh, found Carla's outlines for uh, Living the Law of One, 102, the outer work, and Living the Law of One, 103, the inner work. And so uh, a year ago, I decided that uh, my spiritual journey then was to attempt in some way to uh, fulfill Carla's desires to have this material um, on uh, an availability to other people who wanted to read further than 101. So uh, in these last uh, months, uh, it took a, not quite a year to get the uh, first draft of 102 and 103. And uh, it has been quite a spiritual journey for me to do that. Uh, in the beginning, I didn't let uh, either Gary or Austin or anybody know that I was doing it because I wasn't really sure that I could do it, uh, trying to uh, match what Carla did. Uh, well, I just still don't think I've matched it, but I uh, discovered that I really could do this, that uh, it was inspiring and it was fun and it was a process of growth. And it uh, involved me in looking at what she had to say in general in her outline and then attempting to 
expand that into the words that would take those images and those concepts and those uh, desires and, and put them in a way that other people could use them as uh, were used in 101. So it's been quite a journey, especially uh, 103. Uh, I, I got uh, really excited about it. And uh, for some reason, that outline was not quite as uh, extensive as the one for 102. And so I was more on my own in many cases. And I felt that that was uh, a good thing because it, it made me uh, explore not just uh, the raw contact, but explore my own experiences and try to give some kind of a, an overview that uh, could expand in, uh, well, the inner journey. We're all on this inner journey. And how could I help people who are also on the inner journey to delve deeper into it? And in order to do that, I had to delve more deeply into myself. And uh, this was a process that, uh, for me, was quite exciting. And uh, I'm really uh, happy to say that I've got the first draft done. And now I just have to find a couple of fellows to help me edit. If you don't know anybody that might be available to you. <laughs> we can check. <laughs> so that's about it on that uh, that's been my journey for the last year. Yeah, cool. I'm glad you brought up 102. Um, that's also one of the big things in the pipeline uh, for LR Research that um, will be a big focus now that the website is officially launched. So um, 102 is the outer work and 103 is the inner work. So the first one up will be uh, Jim reflecting on um, how to relate to the outer world spiritually. And, uh, I've given it a once-over review so far, and I'm eager to get it in a shape where we can share it with the world. Uh, Gary, how about you? Personal reflections on your life and spiritual journey. Mm, that's way too broad and big a question. I just have <laughs> disjointed thoughts floating through my head. I asked Trish, Trish, what should I say about my spiritual journey? And she said, it's fresh as hell. <laughs> <laughs> I love the things that she says. I, I, uh, um, <clears throat> attention has been a, a long-term theme for me and key, I think, to the discipline of the personality and learning to harness and focus and train the attention on a single point has been a long project that to this day, I still don't cultivate the space and the time I need to to that project. It's, it sounds like a, a mechanical concern. I don't think it is an end in and of itself. It is a means to opening the door to the inner realm of silence and union with the creator and discovery of the self therein. But if you were to peel back my head and um, uh, and look inside, you would see for the most part, a mind that is dominated by the to-do list. I'm very task oriented. I'm very driven, um, but it just eats up so much consciousness bandwidth 
bad. And it eats up so much consciousness bandwidth that I don't find myself giving the uh, necessary, the time rather needed to the spiritual pursuits. Though, thanks to the work of LL Research and just my nature generally, my thoughts are often going in the spiritual direction. And I often try to find time to, this is another aspect of attention, to be present and to exercise mindfulness, to slow down literally and, and mentally and um, be aware mindfully of what's happening in the present moment. But that to-do list can often be out of balance. Uh, it can generate anxiety, stress, burnout, exhaustion, and um, overwork. And LL research in particular is probably 70% of my brain. <laughs> uh, I'm highly dedicated to this mission. And <clears throat> I've been thinking a lot about acceptance <laughs> the past year acceptance and the way that dovetails into surrender and the creator's will. I've spent a lot of time thinking about the agency of the, of the mind-body-spirit complex and the primacy of free will as that which charts the journey for the self. And I have a vague sense that dives into a complex topic that ultimately there's really no victims in the universe. Um, certainly things, unfortunate things, brutal things happened to the incarnate self that the conscious mind did not choose or did not foresee um, that are devastating. But I have to see or rather the more I study the, the law of one, the more I see it, that which unfolds for the self as happening as a function on some level of the will of the self, whether that's the incarnate will, the pre-incarnational will, the will of the higher self or the will of the creator itself. And um, the more one attunes oneself to that understanding, the more strength they have to, as Eckhart Tolle describes it, accept the moment as if you had chosen it. And I've had uh, several crises and um, initiations even, who knows, challenging episodes the past several years in response to which my knee jerk and natural reaction is a big fat no and uh, resistance of some form or another. And that resistance, however justified it may be, just precipitates pain and contraction and a disempowered small sense of self. So when shit happens that's painful, the spiritual seeker on the positive polarity pursuing a framework as articulated by the law of one or other similar sources is is tasked with finding ways or finding how to love and accept that which transpires 
and I have had <laughs> have had profound opportunities to take that out of the abstract and out of the philosophical and into embodied application. How do I accept what is happening? How do I accept it? N not in resignation or like a shoulder shrug and say, uh, whatever, um, <clears throat> this is happening, you know, nothing that can be done, but rather how do I embrace it as catalyst for my spiritual growth? How do I accept it <clears throat> as useful? How do I use it? In other words, how do I see that the universe is working for me in this moment? And that orientation um, opens the way in my mind and in one's mind to accepting that growth involves death and letting go um, and having the ego that 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 vulnerable and fragile false sense of self be challenged and letting things letting one's defenses fall away making oneself more vulnerable to the moment um sorry i'm gonna wrap up here in a second so i suppose one of my driving questions on the on the spiritual path is why am i not enlightened yet uh or or better framed um why does it hurt so much there's a lot of pain that's carried through life a lot of inexplicable mysterious places that connect that cause contraction that um make it difficult to operate in the world i guess i don't know i'm gonna get too deep into my own psyche and this is already long um i don't know i need some way to put a bow tie on this <laughs> i would just say that uh i'm learning how to love <laughs> i see a lot of limitations to that to love and forgiveness but thanks to both hard catalysts and positive catalysts, the heart opens wider. And um, one of my greatest teachers and sources of catalysts in that journey is uh, Trisha Bean, uh, naturally, my beautiful, beautiful wife, who has, uh, we've come such a long way. We've been through our own crises and transformations and been on the rocks. Didn't think we we're going to make it a few times. But uh, we've pulled through and our relationship is so much more harmonious and peaceful. And we learn uh, every month that goes by how to communicate better with one another, how to not trigger, or if we do trigger each other, what, how to process that, how to be take more responsibility, how to project less, uh, how to blame and accuse less, and how to live in love. So it's a long journey to come. Sorry for my long-windedness. How about you, Austin? Well, thank you for sharing. I think that was a very vulnerable share with the world. <laughs> and people are going to be seeing your face as you're talking about this. Um, and I think it's helpful for people to hear about those kinds of uh, spiritual struggles, I guess you could say. Um, so thank you for sharing. My journey, I mean, as varied as it is, I think my, the highlight of my journey is probably very similar to what a lot of people's highlight has been for the past 
year and a half now. Um, maybe not exactly the same, but you know, we've been dealing with a collective world catalyst now for a year and a half. And we did a couple episodes on the podcast about the pandemic when it first happened. And I think uh, we were a little naive in how we talked about it. Um, you know, there was a, a bright light of hope in how we discussed the pandemic. And we had some ideas that we thought might play out that hasn't been really indicative of how things have actually played out. Um, uh, what I've witnessed, at least, is a, a growing division uh, in mindsets, uh, solidification, very hardened perceptions, I think, which is my spiritual struggle, is witnessing that and relating to that. And, you know, it's not necessarily about personal belief, specific personal belief of I believe this thing and I'm scared about the other what other people are believing. Because um, I think that is a highlight of a lot of people's journey. There's a lot of fear and uh, concern about the state of the world and where we're going and the things that are happening on all levels. But that concern is shared by almost everybody. And everybody's concerned about what the other people are thinking and what the other people feel about the situation. And they're convinced that the other people, all those people over there are going to drag us down into a horrible world. And it's, we got to fight against it. Um, and I just see that, uh, you know, in uh, our community and broader online community, especially um, amongst my personal community, uh, like non-spiritual community, just a lot of concern and um, just hardened perceptions, like I said. And that's really the difficult thing for me that I've been contemplating a lot and finding a way to live and possibly actively share a way to soften perceptions, try to help people understand human beings, their fellow human beings more, um, give people more of the benefit of the doubt of where they're coming from and what they believe. And uh, open the heart and introduce uh love to the equation you know Ra called love the salvation of third density they said it was a melting influence and those are things i think about a lot and that you know when we get caught up in a catalyst like this and start being operating from fear and concern about how the world is and how these other people are behaving and acting and what they believe, I think it shuts love out. And um, that doesn't necessarily help the situation. Whatever you believe the world should be, I don't think that operating from that standpoint is going to help manifest that world for anybody. It's my personal belief. Um, it's lots of varying opinions about how we should be activists in a spiritual sense and so on but that's essentially my spiritual focus is uh witnessing the divisions and hoping to find a way to relate to those with love as best as i can and that's pretty much the highlight of my spiritual spiritual journey so far i had another thought that just immediately left my mind so um, i had a 
pretty relevant thought to share on top of that, but it's gone. So I'll leave it at that. Any other additional thoughts, reflections for each other that you guys would like to share or anything? Well, I would just like to thank you both for all the great work you do for LNR Research and you've done for so long. You are also uh, dedicated and inspired, competent, and ever ready to do the job. And I thank you both. Well, we have to thank you for the opportunity. You know, the only reason that we're able to be in our positions is because of the foundation, the opportunity provided by you, Carla, and Don. And it's uh, one of the biggest honors anybody could ever think of to be able to do this. And the love and the support and the example setting. Um, you know, obviously, not that we put you guys on a pedestal and uh, <clears throat> see you as sacred cows or perfect beings, but we think you got a lot right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there's really important principles that you identified and imperfectly sought to embody. And it's those principles that put this mission in motion. And, um, and we love this work. Uh, we love you, Jim. And thank you so much for your uh, spiritual and personal and professional friendship. You're most welcome. Yeah, so this has been a, a experimental episode. If you're watching on YouTube, this is um, a new thing for us. And uh, if you are watching, you can stick around because we're going to do a little tour of the website at the end of the video. Um, I'll show you all the new features and stuff. Of course, if you're not interested, if you're somehow are still listening to this, thank you so much. But if you're not interested in even that more boring piece, you can leave uh, once we're done. Um, but sorry that it has been so long since our last episode. We are uh, eager to get back into a regular schedule, especially now the new website is launched. Do you have any uh, final thoughts for our viewers, Jim? We want to thank you for watching every podcast that you watch. Uh, we appreciate your uh, devotion and attention and um, the ability to uh, help each other out on this journey we're all sharing together, walking back into unity with the one infinite creator. Yeah, thank you. This has been the LA Research Law of One podcast episode number 100. Um, thanks so much for listening and for supporting and for watching if you're watching and thank you to Jim and Gary for joining me for this and if you want to listen to more episodes or figure out how to send in questions or learn more about it you can go to lrresearch.org slash podcast and that's where new episodes will be published you can subscribe to our feeds there and thank you so much we love you all indeed